Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, today we have one of my first ever friends that I ever made here in the UK. He's a very special person, Julian McDonald. Hello, Julian. Hey, Jeanette. Hi, Ariash. Well, I should I say Mr. and Mrs.? Yes, Mr. Mrs. Koryanis now, officially. Julian, obviously when we met, Aliash and I weren't married. We danced together, but we weren't even engaged. And uh, Julian, you ended up making my wedding dress and a couple of years later. I know, I was the one that used to tell everything about Aliash. They all, you know, one day I'd really love to get married, you're going to have kids. I'd be so lucky to be Aliash. It would be my dream come true if he asked me to marry him. And I said, well, you never know, Jeanette, he might ask you one day. I know, and here we are. And I did, and I did ask (laughs) a a few days ago now. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. And on the note of the wedding, what a dress. And you were so incredible with me on the London day for our wedding day. You were just watching it all day, making sure it was perfect, making sure it looked beautiful. It was incredible. I remember I sent you loads of different options. Remember our conversations on the dress? Yeah. (laughs) You said... Jeanette didn't want anything fat, big and fancy, and we ended up adding loads of applications. <laughs> she said, no embroidery, no embroidery, you know, just really clean and simple. I said, you've got to have a little bit of embroidery, or a little bit, actually. Oh, I'll have a little bit more. Like, oh, come on, I'll have a little bit more. Like, how about like wings at the back and grow? And I said, it's got a lot of embroidery now. She goes, yeah, but it's at the back, it's at the back, it's at the back. And your mum came as well to the fitting and she was like, oh, Jeanette, you look amazing. You yeah. met, you gave me a hard job. You said, you know, I want a backless corset to dress. I was like, well, we need the back in order to hold the front of the dress. And no, no, I want a low back. I said, it's really going to have to be corset because I don't care. This is what I want. <laughs> and it looked amazing. <laughs> and Julian, can you, because I don't think a lot of people get to hear and it would be nice for the listeners to know a little bit more. I mean, the, the silk that you used on the dress and the embroidery, it was all handmade. I remember you were talking about it being Italian silk it had to be sent in. Tell them a little bit more about all those details of the dress, which I think were just made the dress that extra bit special. Well, you know, it's a very kind, kind of complicated story because the thing is, you know, when it's your wedding day, you know, your dress is the most important thing you have. You know, you want to look amazing. So it's a very stressful time for any bride. And obviously... It's my job to do, to deliver the dream 
you know, how a bride wants to uh, look like. So um, in the case of yourself, obviously, you know, you had a very kind of clear direction about how you wanted to look. Obviously, you're a dedicated follower of fashion. And like most <laughs> brides, you know, they, they collect pictures and have a scrapbook and say, I want to be this, I want to do this. But the thing is, it's obviously, you know, it's the execution of the dress that's the most important thing. And sometimes the most simplest things are the hardest thing. And in the case with your dress, creating pure simplicity and moulded to a body is a very, very hard thing to do with white because there's nowhere to hide anything. Because if it's an embroidery or if it's a lace, you can hide things. But when something is so pure and clean, you know, there can be zero, zero faults. So we had to call in the best Italian satin manufacturers to get the best of Duchess satin. And then all the embroidery is all handmade. We're lovingly made, you know, in London, the Swarovski crystals and Japanese seed beads. So it's a very kind of a complicated and a kind of a, a love affair, really, of craftsmanship and couture art. And then even it goes down to the actual ladies who actually make the dress. You know, I, I call them who's got the hands of angels because, you know, they, they must have angels' hands in order to handle you know, such delicate fabric and work and the hand stitching. And again, you know, because the dress is white, every single mark, stain, mm -hmm. you can't see it. So there's a, a, there's a full red alert of wash your hands. Everybody has to wear white gloves. Nobody can go in that room. I remember even the floor, you even put the floor, you put um, a cover on the floor that was white. So when I walked in to try the dress and do fittings, the dress couldn't touch the dirty floor. Wow. Yeah, he put like fabric on the floor that was white to keep it. It was such a beautiful experience. And the dress yeah. is just spectacular. It was incredible. That, that is a... What about you when you saw me in the dress for the first time? You had never even seen it. I, I, I didn't see you at all. I mean, we, we did it properly. I didn't, I didn't have a single look at the dress or I had no idea what it's... I had a rough idea because I know what you kind of like. But it was incredible. I, I remember seeing that dress for the first time and you in it when you when you walked down that aisle and it was absolutely yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it was a special day. Beautiful. And you spent the whole day with us, Julian, didn't you? You came to the party afterwards. <laughs> I did. I, I was like, you know, I carried the dress. I arranged the dress for the photos. I came for the dinner. I danced the night away with everybody else. It was, it, it was a great day, but um, I think nobody enjoyed your wedding more than you two because you actually had three weddings. You definitely we did. It. Yeah, we did. <laughs> the dress traveled across the world. And uh, the only reason that when we got to Miami, we decided to go with a different dress in Miami. It was solely to surprise my family because obviously yeah. OK Magazine had covered the wedding. So in Slovenia, no one had seen the dress yet. But when I got to Miami, I kind of wanted to give them a surprise of some sort because they had all seen the dress in the magazine already by the time we got to Miami. <laughs> the bottom of the dress is definitely not pristine white now because you got married no. in a vineyard in a mountain. I think that <laughs> no. dress is not such a poor white dress now. <laughs> it's not white anymore. But, you know, the tail, though, the tail I, I kept really clean because the dress had a detachable tail which was yeah. brilliant uh brilliantly done because you could you could it was seamless the way that you did that back of the tail connected to the dress 
Um, so in Slovenia, I walked down the aisle again and they had like a carpet for me to walk down with the tail. And then I took the tail off. But by the time I started dancing a little bit, Aliash lifted uh, me. Like, <laughs> and then you gave me the party dress as well. Remember the party yeah. dress. I had basically three parts to the dress. It was the dress with the tail, the dress without the tail. And then you gave me one of your gorgeous, like white, white embroidered. Yeah. Oh my God. That was God, gorgeous. That beautiful well. beaded dress as well. But Julian, I want to get more into you a little bit. So obviously I know the story because we've been friends for so many years and Ali Ash knows a little bit of it as well. But I think the my first question is, what moment when you were young did you say, do you know what? I want to become a fashion designer. Like this is what I want to do. What, when was that moment? Well, to be honest with you, I never actually wanted to be a fashion designer. It was never one of those things that I wanted to be a fashion designer. I was I was odd in school. I was a little bit different to everybody else, but I didn't know how or why I was different. Like, for instance, you know, like my cardigan reached the floor. Most cardigans hit the waist. My shoes were the pontiers. I had the pontier shoes. I used to wear my tie upside down. I didn't realize why I wanted to wear my tie upside down. Ooh. It was just kind of funny, fashiony things that I like to do. But um, I just thought I was a bit eccentric. I was very creative. I was very dramatic. So I actually went to Cardiff Art College and I, and I studied art and design. But it was whilst I was at Cardiff Art College, you draw the nude figure. The nude figure is always um, draped in lots of fabric around the figure. And then after the hour of the class, my tutor said to me, oh, Julian, where is the figure? You haven't actually drawn the nude figure. This all you've drawn <laughs> is the fabric. And I said, well, I actually find the fabric more interesting than the actual figure. And then they said to me, look, we don't think you're going to be an artist. You should go and study fashion textiles. You obviously have um, a flair and a passion for fashion. Mm. You know, you're a very eccentric little boy. So I went to <laughs> the <laughs> I went to the University of Brighton and I studied fashion textiles. And um, it was whilst I was there that um, during my second year, we do like placements where we have to work in different fashion areas. And I went to London and I was introduced by a very famous fashion, well, muse really. She's passed away now. Her name is Isabella Blow. But Isabella Blow found Alexander McQueen and Philip Tracy. So she found me knitting in a studio. And basically she said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just knitting a sweater. And she goes, oh, my God, I didn't realise you did knitwear. She goes, oh, will you come with me? I want to introduce you to somebody. And so the person she introduced me to was Alexander McQueen. At the time, <gasps> his name was Lee. And his studio was underneath Philip Tracy's hat shop on Elizabeth Street in London. Yeah, Alexander Lee had just graduated and Philip was making the hats for his first ever show. So I went to meet him and I saw a very, very young boy. And basically, it was just like a squat. It was a building site, a tiny one bedroom flat with all industrial plastic sheets everywhere. And sitting there all on his own was Alexander McQueen with one sewing machine, a mannequin, and he had some skulls kind of all scattered around. And obviously the skull is a very big motif of Alexander's work. And, and then he, I showed him my work because I specialised in knitted fashion, knitted textiles. And um, he said, oh my God, I really, really like what you do. It's not really like normal knitwear. It's not like chunky junk, but it's really, you know, light, it's experimental. He said, oh, look, 
would you design the knitwear and work with me on my uh, first ever fashion show? So I became the knitwear designer for Alexander McQueen whilst oh. I was still in college. I was probably about 20 years old. And then I kind of, um, I became very good friends with Lee. And basically I worked with him on um, three of his first ever collections. He was an incredible guy. You know, he mm. was he was always laughing. He was always joyous. He was always fun. He was quite cheeky, you know, but he was a genius, you know, and he would draw the sketches and then he'd give me the pattern. But he would draw like draw them in freehand, like with wobbly lines, then cut it all out. And I'd say, what is that? He said, that's the sleeve. And I was like, oh, it doesn't look like a sleeve. He said, look, just do what I'm telling you, what I tell you to do and just make these things. And so, you know, I learned quite a lot from him and he was very, very interesting. And he'd asked me to make the most craziest things in the world. And I remember one time he told Julian, I've been collecting some things for you from my mother. And I said, oh, yeah, what have you been collecting? He said, dog hair. I want you to oh. knit um, a jumper from dog hair. I said, I, he said, can you do it? I said, I said, I don't think I, I've never knitted a jumper from dog hair before. I said, where does this hair come from? He said, oh, it's my mother's dog in, in Mount, so she's been collecting her hair. <laughs> so I wow. said, oh, okay then. So basically, I know, I, I rose to the challenge and I actually um, hand-tooled and hand uh, put in the little bit of dog hair into the jumper. It looked like a fluffy jumper, wow. but uh, people actually didn't know it was actually dog hair. He drew very, very funny things. It's like he drew a jumper once for me and then right across the chest was a transparent um, stripe. And I said, what, what, what's this jumper called? He said, it's called Get Your Tits Out. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Aliash and I were very fortunate. We, we were able to watch the Alexander McQueen play when it was here in London and we fell in love with the story, didn't we? The whole image and the whole sort of, uh, I mean, when he said skulls and when he had this sort of obsession with with birds, I think as well. Yes. And it was, yes. it was incredible to see that vision and like the, it was more sort of story about his life. Yeah. They sort of touched on, on his work a little bit, but it was amazing to, to see how creative and how, it was it was a true pioneer, really. Yeah. With what he oh, did. Oh yeah, he he was amazing. What he used to do, he used to create a story, and then the story then would become the fashion show. You know, whether it was like the Highland drape where women would run around the fields in Scottish clad, or he would read a lot of kind of like Shakespeare and different things and create a story. But obviously, then he became one of the um, biggest fashion designers in the world you know and um, sadly you know he's gone but his memory still lives on and his brand is probably one of the most international recognized brands in the world yeah he'd be very very happy you know with um the way that sarah had taken the direction of his company and how famous that um his brand had become you know it was always a dream of his to do that and um you know he's he's here in spirit He's probably yeah. saying, Julian, stop telling everybody my secret, my story. <laughs> to catch your tits out. That's my favorite yes. name for a jumper now. But Julian, you have these amazing, I've been very fortunate and consider myself very lucky to be in the studio and seeing the storyboards that you create for your fashion shows. And you kind of have a similar thing, I guess, where you kind of create a story, don't you, when you do your shows? 
I always think of um, a woman and a place and a journey of where she's going. You know, I, I like to think of something, ne it's never unusual, it's always glamorous. You know, she's always going somewhere. You know, she's, she leads a kind of, you know, a jet set life. So she might be going to the most incredible Caribbean island, you know, like, like Frigate Island in the Seychelles, which is an island you can only access by a helicopter. We, yeah, we went to our honeymoon there. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, we loved it. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh! It's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah, well, I like love this it. woman I is love... your kind of your muse, really. That's your how you create your shows. Well, I kind of create a woman, and I can I dream of her kind of glamorous lifestyle and where she would go. So then during the trip, you know, she might go to Bali. So in Bali, she might uh, be inspired by the kind of Balinese textiles and the art and the ceramics and the things around her. Basically, it's almost a kind of a story of my life. So wherever I go, I travel to somewhere exotic, whether it be India or Bali or Japan. And I would take inspiration from that particular place and I would, would kind of translate it into a fashion collection. And then I would layer a particular, a grand ball, a party and an event or occasions really where this lady would need to dress up. It could be just breakfast with her husband, or it could be um, lunch on her boat, or having the most amazing time in a, in a nightclub. I always think of her going to fabulous events every night, and then she's obviously wearing my clothes to those fabulous events. So I create a kind of an illusion. It's a fairy tale. It's a fantasy. Yeah, I, we love the shows, don't we, baby? And you can so see that, actually. Now when you explain it so beautifully, you can so see that when you are lucky enough to be sitting at, at one of your shows, it's always this experience. Obviously, I love fashion. I, I love beauty, beautiful clothing. But when you see something like your fashion show, it, it kind of goes a step further than that. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the material. It's not about what it looks like. It honestly, every single dress that comes, it's like a, it's almost like a little movie scene, isn't it? It's sort of this, this scenario unveiling in front of you in the form of these beautiful dresses and uh it's amazing i mean i'm this never gonna forget the event. first yeah. the, the first fashion show that i that i went with it was obviously yours the first thing that struck me if i'm being really honest is how quick it is it's so quick yeah. isn't it because <laughs> i wasn't because i wasn't aware of because i've never been to one but then now i know that the the last couple of shows that we went to 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 see of yours they were they were incredible and, and he started and the, a men's range now as well yes and then the places are always i remember yeah. there was this one in the in the royal courts of justice if i remember yes, that, right? yes. that was incredible yeah. and it's amazing i am i mean i take my hat down to especially obviously for the dresses but yeah. the shows themselves as well but julian i think aliash and i we've been talking about this because as husband and wife as man and women we have very, very different points of view on what, what fashion means to us or, you know, what, what we like and what we don't like individually as men and women and as just Ali Ash and Jeanette in general. What would you want to ask me? I think one of the biggest things is for men, isn't it? It's so, tough for men to dress well. I would say it's tougher. I want to know your opinion, but I always say that it's tougher for men to dress well than it is for women. I'm, and I'm solely coming from the point that for women, there is so many brands so many options so many you know cuts of dresses or or styles 
When it gets to men, you have, you know, you have your jeans, you have your chinos, you have your t-shirts, you have your long sleeve t-shirts, you have your sweaters. Yeah, you do, there's not many options, It's I guess. not that many sort of items as such, but it kind of, that's why I always sort of feel like with menswear, I, that's in my, in my case, I always go for the quantity rather than the quality. <laughs> so I would buy... No, you do, no, you do both. He loves expensive <laughs> and he loves a lot of it. No. <laughs> but you're the other way around though. What's your opinion on that? Do you think it's harder for men to dress well than women or... Then it's one and the same. I think traditionally men have always been very traditional. You know, they've always worn a kind of a formal attire of a jacket, a trouser, a suit, and then a kind of a casual jean, t-shirt, jacket kind of look on a sweater. But I think over the last kind of 15 years, I think the transformation of kind of men's fashion has been absolutely incredible. You know, the things that men wear today are just kind of insane you know they almost look like women to be honest with you and i think it's all got to do with the kind of um, the affordability of men's fashion because before you know men's clothing was very very expensive and i think now because the british high street is amazing and we have so much access to fashion and affordable fashion low prices with kind of like, um, you know, Azos and Misguided and Boohoo and Boohoo Man and online shopping. So it's meant basically technology has changed the way that we shop and the way that we dress. Whereas before people were intimidated to go into designer shops or they couldn't actually afford to buy the clothes. Where now, you know, you can actually just look at your phone and basically you'll see a guy, a picture of a guy in a printed shirt or whatever kind of form of fashion you're into. And you think, oh, you know what? I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> you can be a bit adventurous, yeah. But from the freedom of your own home then, you can tap a button and then the next day, you know, that outfit can arrive. And the thing is, these outfits as well, you know, are kind of, they're not expensive. You know, they're kind of very kind of like fast, disposable fashion, which has meant, you know, meant, you know the men dress much more experimental in fashion now probably more than any time in the world really now you walk down a street in london and you'll see so many subcultures of men's fashion you know where you know who would have thought that you know a man bag would be the latest thing <laughs> no you know, this some... exists <laughs> You know, it's a satchel. Sh- oh, it's a man bag. It's, a it's called a man bag. <laughs> you know, I, I'm kind of kind of baffled by it myself. You know, it's like, you know, like, especially when you travel, you see guys really dress up or you go places. Like, you know, I've seen men with actually like a woman's Chanel clutch bag. And I'm like, is he serious? And I'm like, oh, he must be gay. Or like, you automatically think, oh, they must be gay. And actually, you know, it's the most straightest no. man in the world. And he's got like a woman's bag. And you think, well, where's his wife? And they're like, oh, no, that's my bag. <laughs> <laughs> that is my wife. That is my wife. The bag is his wife. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. No, but yeah. you're so right, Julian, and I never really thought about it that way because I find that for me personally, because I'm so petite and you know me more than anyone really because you've done my wedding dress and we've been friends for so many years and I'm really excited for the Freeman's project that's going to be coming out very soon. Yes. I want to see. But being petite is also on the opposite spectrum, really tough because I do a lot of, I mean, the only shopping we can do now is online and I find it really hard to find things that fit just right when you're as small as I am and have the the proportions that I have. But Aliash, he buys left, right and center. I don't have trouble with that. I'm actually so lucky because I fit most things medium. Yeah. To be fair, I'm going to reward, I'm going to rephrase that. I fitted most things medium before lockdown. So, yeah. But I'm actually really lucky and I do loads of my shopping now online. I... I would say majority of my clothes I would buy online. And yeah. I'm so different like that to you because I don't think you buy anything no, but I, online. I've had to adjust now. Everything mm. everything I get now is online. And the good thing is it's become easier for me to... I always thought it would be frustratingly annoying to have to print out the return slip, get to the post office, send things back if they do or don't fit. So what I do now is I buy two sizes of everything to just see which one fits. And, and then send, just send back, back the one that doesn't. <laughs> But, but, you know, it's like, you know, men's fashion is amazing, you know. It's like, you no know, Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, you know, a great sportsman, you know, is, you know, is a really leader of men's style and fashion. He really loved to experiment with fashion, you know. Even Harry Styles, you know, was oh. on the front cover of American Vogue in a woman's dress, you know. And then you have, obviously, then, like, Migos, the rappers from America, you know, who dress in, you know, super low to diamonds, you know, bright colors. So there's so many different kind of um, groups of men's fashion or genres in which men can dress in at the moment. And you know, how about the, the colorful display of men's hair at the moment? Oh, you know, yes. Every design they hair pinks and blues and, and you know, what, even wearing makeup, you know, who would have thought that one day, you know, it was quite um, apt, you know, for a man to go to a man's bathroom and all of a sudden put a bit of concealer underneath their yeah. face. And, you, know, you, you know, and a lot of straight men, you know, these days, you know, like they wear makeup, do you know what I mean? And they'll be yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to do my foundation. They ask, some of them take longer to get ready than, than women. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say too much, but I'm Ali, not going to say too much. <laughs> I'm going to let's leave this subject leave while this, while, while, it's, while, while not, I'm ahead. <laughs> this is the twist and shout. This is the shout this part is the of shout the podcast. Um, so I think 
like my next question is Ali Ash and I talk about this a lot as well when we get ready for anything that I mean we haven't been getting ready to go anywhere lately we get ready to do our online classes nowadays that's the most we get ready for but you know there's a lot of big I guess rules that they're used to exist I think they're slowly dwindling down where okay if you've got if you show skin at the top you can't show skin at the bottom if, if you've got a blazer on you've got to wear a button shirt under it or if you wear a scarf in a certain way you've got to wear the jacket a certain way do you have in in your opinion any kind of big no-nos that you should not do or do you feel like nowadays anything kind of goes you know the thing is I think whether you like it or not I think a lot of these kind of It's, it's to do with kind of body issues and body shapes. And I mm. think the person who has actually liberated women and body shapes and issues is Kim Kardashian. Because before Kim Kardashian, um, you know what, well, if you had a big ass, you kind of covered it, you know, with a big T-shirt. If you had big boobs, you kind of hid your boobs. You know, you never very, as a woman, you never ever accentuated the female form where Kim came about and said, you know what, I'm curvy, I'm sexy, I look fabulous, and I'm not afraid to show my body and to be confident, confident about it. So Kim started to wear these very kind of figure-hugging body dresses, which basically just showed every part of her body and her natural curvy body, her bust, her tiny waist, you know, her big bottom, which she's very proud to say, yeah, it's big, guys. And men like him. <laughs> He's there. You know what? Yeah. But basically, secretly, what she was actually doing, she was actually liberating women and the perception of women for women and also for men. So now it is actually okay for women to say, to get ready and say, does my arse look big in this? Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> How about my waist? Yeah, it looks really skinny. How about my boobs? Oh, I wish I had boobs like you. My God. So now, you know, people actually don't actually credit Kim to the kind of the liberation of body shapes that she's actually liberated women to be who they are and to feel confident in their body. So the thing is, when you have kind of um, confidence in a body, then you have confidence to dress a body in different kind of ways. You know, whether you kind of layer up or whether you wear skin tight things or whether you wear short things. To be honest with you now, there are really no rules of fashion at the moment. There are no kind of trends. The trends are kind of be yourself. And if you've got it, flaunt it. If flaunt you haven't it. got it, kind of try to enhance what you've got. You know, there's <laughs> amazing things you can do. And the thing is, it's like, you know, when you actually get to kind of, you know, get to meet Kim and you actually talk to Kim, she's pretty, really amazing. You know, Kim Kardashian has been probably wearing my clothes for the last 10 years. About five years ago, you know, I went to LA uh, to do a press trip and um, I woke up early one morning and my press um, people said, do you know, do you know, wake up, you've got to go to Calabasta. You know, we've canceled all the appointments today. I said, what do you mean Calabasta? Because Kim Kardashian wants to meet you. She wants to see you, but she's really wow. heavily pregnant, but she can't leave her house because she doesn't want the paparazzi to see, to, to see her. So off I go, you know, and I, and I go to Calabasa, you know, it, it was just like something from the show, to be honest with you. You know, I knocked <laughs> the door, Chris opened the door, she said, hey, Julian, how are you? We're so happy to meet you. So, hey, Chris, 
how are you? You know, I gave them that too. But but because because I actually watched the show, I felt like I knew her. She goes, oh, come yeah. in. Kim's dying to meet you. Sit down. What do you want to drink? Have a water. And then obviously then, you know, Kim came out and she said, oh, hey, Julian, how are you? She said, look, please, you know, I'm really heavily pregnant, literally about to have, you know, give birth in about three days. But I knew you were in LA and I just had to meet you. You're one of my favourite designers and you, you know, I made her a black jumpsuit which she wore to the Brits. She goes, oh, the outfit you made me was one of the, my favourite outfits in the world. And, you know, she said, oh, let's just talk about fashion. And you know oh, what? And nice. I sat there for over two and a half hours and we just talked about fashion and it, her love and understanding of fashion. You know, her shoes, her bags, her clothes, you know, what she likes to wear, what she doesn't like to wear. You know, she really, really is an iconic, uh, dedicated follower and lover of fashion. Because do you know, I love clothes. I love dressing <laughs> I could dress up all day and I could change three times a day and then she said to me oh look Julian my god look Kanye is on his way home would you mind staying to meet Kanye as well because why not why not (laughs) well I said well why not you know I'll have another cup of coffee you know I mean I'm I'm with the family then all of a sudden no Kanye came in and he was so amazing and then again you know he's oh Julian we love what you do and you know tell us about you your career and fashion and you know, well, it was like a really um, incredible moment just to spend, you know, well, to be in somebody's living room of mm. that kind of fame, you know, and just to talk about the shop, really, like fashion, clothes, <laughs> what the I was doing. latest trends, yeah. What a cool story. Yeah. That's such a yeah. cool moment. I love that. And, uh, and, you know, I think you have some, you have worked with some pretty amazing celebrities through the years. I mean, we can name a few, but like Madonna, Beyonce, uh, obviously the Jenners, uh, Taylor Swift. You've you've dressed everyone, literally everyone. I remember I went to an event with Julian. Uh, remember we went, I think it was the Debenhams Ball or something like that, and you lent me the gold dress that Taylor Swift wore oh, to yes. one yeah. of the events. And I put the dress on and I just felt all the hard work and dedication of the dress. But I also felt that extra spark of, oh my God, Taylor Swift <laughs> she wore had this dress on. <laughs> but no, I, and, and it's not just about dresses, isn't it? And looking glamorous, because we don't live in glamorous clothes. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially the last year, if, if I think about it, apart from being on Strictly, which thank goodness it happened. Yeah. But apart from that, I haven't taken off my trackies, Julian. <laughs> I've, had, I've had this, I have a few pair of trackies now that I'm married to. They're like my my second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth wife. And uh, do you feel like, would you go comfort over style? Obviously in the last year, I think we all went comfort over style. I, I don't think we had a choice. But normally, would you go and I think here it's called boho chic. Boho chic. Boho chic. Where you just dress like I, in a jumper I, I, and I a track. I learned it recently. <laughs> would you go normally when things would go back to normal? How would you when you dress yourself? Would you go comfort or would you go style? What would be your priority, Julian? Well, it's an interesting question, Aliash. I think because everybody wants to know the kind of uh, the future of fashion and how it will be perceived and what people will actually do. The thing is, you know, history repeats itself. You know, after the Second World War, you know, Christian Dior, obviously one of the biggest fashion houses in the world, Mm. you know, um, actually came up 
it was called The New Look, basically. And basically, <laughs> before that, everybody had rationing and had no money to buy food, fabrics. You know, ladies couldn't even afford to wear tights. So what they actually used to do is get a black pencil and actually paint a black line at the back of their leg to look like they had tights because nylon and silk tights were basically rare, the most rarest wow. thing in the world. And fabric was actually rationed as well for women to actually make clothes. And everybody thought, well, after the horrible uh, years of the war, how would we dress and would we uh, be more, um, think about, you know, our lifestyle, the way we dress, uh, be more careful about spending money on clothes. But Christian Dior in 1947 came out with this new look collection. And basically what he did, he revolted against all the kind of the rationing and he used hundreds of meters of fabrics, sequins, <laughs> colors, bows. Everything, he just, wow. He just went crazy. And basically, you know, the reaction to everybody was like a standing ovation. They were like, yes, yes, yeah. because now we can go out, we can dress up. You know, I can wear a hat, I can wear a big dress, I can put high shoes on, I can put my makeup on. So I think the, the future of what of fashion will be bright and entertaining and glamorous because we've all been trapped in our houses for such a long time and mm. everybody's dying to get out and to be seen because really, you know, whether you like fashion or not, everybody is a kind of a fashion peacock in their own mm. kind of way. Mm. You know, everybody spends time getting ready, having their hair cut, putting their makeup on, putting their best outfits on. And I think that people will want to go out and see each other and they'll want to look amazing. Yeah, and they'll want right. they'll want to wear colourful clothes. They'll want to put their best top on. They might they'll and they'll want to buy new things. I think I don't think people will spend a lot of money on the new things. But I think because of now affordable fashion, you know, people will go crazy and want to you know wear the clothes they haven't worn for ages, or actually hit the town and go shopping. You know, they they yeah. want to see they. Because you're not going to turn up and see, you know, friends you haven't seen for like a year in a tracksuit and a dirty old In a tracksuit no. and jumper. <laughs> no, you, you made me think there, Julian. I think I might actually start preparing now my looks for when when the things do open. So I'm absolutely ready. I can just I can just leave through the door looking fabulous. Well, let me give you a tip. Kim Kardashian photographs every... Well, actually, all the Kardashians do it basically, they photograph every single outfit they put on. So basically what they do, when I went to Kim's wardrobe, basically she has everything photographed and put it into an outfit. It's actually quite a good idea. And of course we've oh, all wow. got a lot of time on our hands now. So you can definitely <laughs> yeah. do, the, do, the, do the Kim uh, factor. So basically Kim will go to her wardrobe. She'll try a top on, a trouser, a shoe, a bag. And basically then when she likes that outfit, she takes a Polaroid of herself or a selfie in the mirror and she prints the photo out and then she puts the entire outfit in one garment bag and it'll be like morning, lunch, dinner. Wow. So basically all her outfits are completely ready. So say somebody says, oh, come on, Kim, we'll go. we've got to go for lunch. She'll just run into a room and they'll be like, oh, there's the lunch outfit. Well, I'll go for the, the tonal beige and the thing. And then amazing. she'll, for, ev for every single thing from the shoes, the bag, 
the top, the trousers, they will always be ready. Wow. Well, Aliash, there you go. You've got a DIY Food project. For thought. <laughs> Food for thought, the Julian. I think that's my favorite thing that I've learned today. You, be- you better start planning those outfits. So when you're bored tomorrow, think, well, you know what? I think I might as well plan my outfits for the next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when we go on when we go on holiday, I do that. I do plan my outfits. So when I pack, like when we went for Tenerife last summer for our anniversary, we spent 10 days in Tenerife. And I brought, remember, I brought an outfit for each day. I pre-organized it. I packed the outfits together. I really like doing that. But I think that's something you could do as a man as well, baby. I mean, it's a great idea. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just so basic, really, when it gets to when it gets to clothing. I've realized that when I open my wardrobe, it's all black. Yeah, and jeans. It's just yeah, all man. black now. I'm. I just literally, I have. I have a couple of colorful things, but I think over the years, because I feel like with the work, I try and tend not to wear any branding, well, any yeah, logos, because we can't wear, because we cannot wear it, we can't, you know, officially promote it. So I sort of always go to those plain colors, but then I always say I'm gonna buy a white t-shirt, but I always ended up buying a black t-shirt. So yeah. I'm I'm left with this. <laughs> countless of black t-shirts we do have a lot of but myself as well we just we have a lot of black rehearsal clothing mm. and trackies and jumpers i try and be a little bit more adventurous though i like wearing colors that pop a little bit more but julian i think that the last question we want to ask you and uh and i'm really curious to hear what you have to say because obviously as we've just discussed in Ali Ashbarak, we're about to get out of lockdown, fingers crossed slowly. We're going to get back to some normality. People are going to want to start dressing up to get out there and put their best looks and best outfits on. Do you have one biggest or best kind of fashion tip that people need to take into account when we do start dressing up again and get out of lockdown? The thing is, because there actually hasn't been effectively any fashion, So the thing is, normally there would be some kind of winter trends or summer trends that people might buy into, you know. So the thing is, it's like there isn't anything that is so-called fashionable at the moment because the thing is, nobody has actually been there. So the thing is, everything is at the moment has a kind of a, a quite a, a kind of a sporty vibe to it, you know, like a sports luxe because it's more kind of like comfort dressing to effectively to go nowhere. But when people will go out, you know, I think people will just go to their wardrobe and perhaps, you know, kind of pick their favorite thing to wear or the thing that they actually feel comfortable in. Because as you just said, Aliash, a lot of us, including myself, have become a little larger. So those kind of clothes, are, <laughs> so those, ki- those kind of clothes that kind of did fit us, I think a lot of people are going to be like, Oh, oh my oh. God, I cannot <laughs> get anything on. So I think it'll be a case of kind of like finding clothes actually that kind of like, you know, fit you. And I think it'll probably be wearing your favorite things. I think yeah. everybody goes to their wardrobe and they, they have their favorite. They th- they favorite clothes that takes them to a happy place. And I think that, you know, we will be liberated and we will be out soon. And I think in terms of kind of a woman, I think, you know, After being stuck in for such a long time, you don't want to wear black. I think people will want a, a bit of a joy to a joy to life. They'll want a pop of color. They'll want to wear a crazy print. They'll want to wear their fancy shoes. They'll want to get a, um, a nice bag. They'll want to do their hair. 
they'll want to spend 10 hours getting ready. Yeah. You know? like, and don't forget, you know, there's a lot of kind of waxing and preparation that goes into oh, that. I'm sure, oh, I'm sure there's a lot of women kind of listening to that thinking, oh my God, yeah, he's I've right. I've got look to at do all of leg. that now. Look at my nails, <laughs> look at my toes. What am I going to do? Now, that, uh, that, is, that is the hardest part of a woman's body, the maintenance of her body is another level where I think guys do get the easy way out because, you know, most guys throw on a pair of jeans, a T-shirt, a shirt or a jacket or, you know, spend some time on their hair. But I think that is a very different process for the woman. But I think, again, you know, with a guy, you know, it's like, you know, you probably might look online or kind of buy something new. Like if you say, no, we're all going to meet up with my friends for dinner. You know, I remember, you know, when we actually were allowed out and um, I went out with my friends for dinner, you know, they booked amazing restaurants and everybody was so dressed up. It was like all the girls around the shortest skirts, they had boots on, they had tights and low cut tops. They, all, they, they had all their jewellery on and then all the guys as well, they were like, oh, I've got a new jacket, oh, I bought this ages ago. You know, everybody made an effort and he was like, this is the last night, we're going to be locked up tomorrow. This <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. all going to go for it, we're going to go for it. But yeah, this all sounds this is... like the, the, the floodgates of fashion are yeah. going to open <laughs> any day now and it's in people's hands to dictate the fashion of the future. Yeah. And I love what you said that put something on or put something on that makes you happy, yeah. that puts you in a happy place. And it's so right. I feel like we all have this in our, in our, in our wardrobe, mm-hmm. something, and if, if, even if it's just a simple T-shirt that, uh, that re- reminds you of something. I'm going to do that tomorrow. Yeah. I'm going to do that tomorrow. No, I would say, I would say sometimes it's not just all about um, clothes as well. I think for people, you know, who think, oh, you know what? I don't really like dressing up. You know, I don't feel comfortable being fashionable. So I think for people who are not comfortable being fashionable, I think the journey of a fragrance can take you to a long place as well. So I think that, you know, for people saying, oh, you know, what? I really do like dressing up. I don't like fashion. I'm so basic. I'd say to people, you know, invest in a new fragrance, you know, have a look online, look at the smells, think of things that you like. And I think that, you know, just a fragrance sometimes is a very memorable thing. To, because don't forget when you meet somebody, you know, you see them and you see how they look. And then basically then you actually smell somebody. So I think a fragrance is something very emotional and evoking as well. So I think if you think, well, what would my tips be? Well, obviously try to look as fabulous as you can. <laughs> But obviously as well, always smell good. You know, people always remember a fragrance or the scent of a woman or a man. It's very alluring and it's something that everybody can do. And you don't have to be such a, a peacock of fashion to do that. Such I love great that. advice there, right? What a beautiful right? advice. Yeah. I just gave Ali Ash one for his birthday that he really loves, don't you? That's a beautiful <laughs> smell, actually. It smells amazing. Yeah. Well, listen, Julian, we just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us today and talking about fashion and giving some great advice there and even some great history. I mean, I didn't even know that story about Christian Dior after the war, but we love you to bits. Um, I cannot wait for this lockdown to finish so we can finally see you and hug you and go for a lovely, fabulous, all dressed up dinner and drink somewhere I else. know. Um, I, I, th- I, I think we've definitely set a dinner date now, Ali Ash. You definitely can't wear black. 
black, my God. No, I'm not. <laughs> and I'm not wearing black. And it's down to me to impress you on that first yep. dinner, dinner date. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm going to start prepping now. Uh, well, we love you, Julian. <laughs> Thank oh, you so much. You Thank you. Enjoy yourselves. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.